My phone woke me up at 4.45 a.m. It was lighting up, begging my attention. Still half asleep, I swung my feet to the side of the bed and reached for the phone. I hoped I wouldn't wake my wife. I thumbed the glowing screen to find out what was going on. My 25-year-old outreach coordinator, Kian Dosti, had left an urgent message about a video. I touched the face of my iPhone, and the video began to play. Mama! Mama! I'm through! shouted the black man trapped under the knee of a Minneapolis police officer. The officer appeared to be riding on top of the band, struggling under the weight of three Minneapolis cops. The man cried and yelled, I can't breathe, many times in the first part of the video. His face twisted in agony, and he cried out in pain. My stomach hurts. My neck hurts. Everything hurts. I couldn't believe how long the video was running, how long this torment continued, and I recognized the location. Cub Foods at 38th Street and Chicago Avenue. This is the heart of working-class South Minneapolis. It's across the street from where Hamza, a Palestinian immigrant, fixes my car. I know this area well. In 1997, just three blocks south of 38th and Chicago, 15-year-old Lawrence Miles Jr. was shot in the back and nearly bled to death in an open field next to the apartment complex where he grew up. The shooter was Minneapolis police officer Charles Storley. Why was Miles shot? He was playing tag with his friends using BB guns. Long before I ever ran for office, I was working in a private practice as an attorney, and Miles was my client. His case taught my legal partners and me just how tough it could be to sue the police for the deprivation of civil rights and unreasonable and excessive force. In 2002, the jury found in favor of Officer Storley. This was a devastating loss for Lawrence Miles. Now, 40 years old, he still suffers from the physical injuries he sustained 25 years ago. Despite our best efforts, he never received any compensation for his injuries. Incidentally, Storley is the same officer who shot and nearly killed undercover Minneapolis officer Dewey No in 2003. No was lying on the ground after being shot by another suspect and was completely disarmed and disabled when Storley shot him. No, a Vietnamese-American working with the controversial Minnesota Gang Strike Force, was scheduled to report the very next day to his U.S. Army Reserve Unit to deploy to Afghanistan, where he would serve as a combat medic. After years of being ostracized by his department and enduring more than 25 surgeries due to the shooting, no committed suicide in 2010. As I watched the glowing screen of my cell phone, I didn't know the man who was being killed, but I knew this story. I was viscerally aware of this recurring tale. Philando Castile was a beloved lunchroom manager at an elementary school in St. Paul, Minnesota, when he was killed at a traffic stop in 2016 by St. Anthony police officer Geronimo Yanez. Castile had committed no crime and had tried to comply with Yanez's commands, but he was dead nonetheless. Diamond Reynolds, Castile's girlfriend, live-streamed the aftermath of the shooting, and the squad video caught the shooting itself in horrifying detail. The case of 24-year-old Jamar Clark, who was killed by Minneapolis police officers eight months before Castile, was less clear-cut. 
He had a felony conviction at 19 and a domestic violence no-contact order in place when he was killed outside a party in North Minneapolis. Clark's shooting and death happened just blocks from where I sat in my home watching this video in the early morning hours of May 26, 2020. Still, in Clark's case, the woman who got the order against him told a journalist that he was a kind and nurturing man, and he seemed to be turning his life around. He was no angel, as they say, but he was certainly no demon either. Eyewitnesses to his death gave wildly conflicting accounts. Clark's girlfriend had gotten into a fight at the party, so they left. But she was hurt, and someone called an ambulance. While she was sitting in the ambulance, Clark went to check on her. Somehow he got into an altercation with the officers on the scene, Mark Ringenberg and Dustin Swartz. They said they shot Clark after he grabbed for an officer's gun. But witnesses said Clark was handcuffed on the ground when the police shot him. In the end, Hennepin County Attorney Mike Freeman declined charges against Ringenberg and Swartz. DNA testing revealed traces of Clark's genetic material on an officer's gun. This could have been the result of inadvertent touching during the struggle, or it could corroborate the officer's story. Who knows? For the purposes of making a case, though, it was a bag of reasonable doubt. In the absence of other information, it made charging the officers impossible. It was not, however, an exoneration.